Good morning. How many people like surprises? Does that mean the majority of us don't like surprises? How many like surprises? Good. Good. Well, I'll be surprised if I keep on the topic today. <laughs> the, the good thing about going through like just a book is you do come across um, subjects that you know, you wouldn't, you'd probably miss out a lot of the time. And today, we're looking at Colossians chapter 3, and we're starting at verse 18. Um, two, three, four, five, six. For those of you who only hear the first six words I say during this sermon, you're going to miss a lot, okay? Um, so just the first six words, just get over it for the moment and listen to the rest of it as well. First six words. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. <laughs> As is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favour, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord and not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favouritism. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. I'm just going to pray. Father, I want to ask you today, Holy Spirit, to come and bring healing to our minds and our spirits. As we look at this passage, Lord, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and wash us through with your cleansing river of your word. Lord God, come, I pray. Holy Spirit, I ask you, come and bring healing to broken spirits, hurt spirits, hearts that have been wounded. Come, Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen. <clears throat> A couple of weeks ago, um, Leslie and I and our family went on a holiday and we'd hired uh, a big farmhouse and uh, sort of a week or so before we got an email <coughs> and uh, I noticed it and so in passing I said to, said to Leslie oh we've had an email from the owners of the house that we're um, going to rent and she said to me what did it say and I said no idea, I just saw the email and read the first couple of lines and thought, someone will read the rest of it. <laughs> and that was it. And I realized that so often, actually, in our house, a conversation will go 
oh, an email's arrived or I've had a text from somebody and Leslie will say to me, what does it say? And I will say, I've no idea, I haven't read it yet. <laughs> or I've, well, I've read, started it and then got bored, so moved on. And that is very often how we read our Bibles. We just read little bits here and there. And the other thing that really is often a hindrance to us is the headings in the Bibles. Most, even in the sort of electronic ones, they have the headings. So at the top of mine, verse 18 says, instructions for Christian households. And then it goes on, wives, husbands, children, slaves, masters, etc. And what that does is it isolates that passage from the rest of the book. It just isolates it. And so, what I want to do today is to put what we've read this morning into the context of the whole of Colossians. Frustratingly, I'll be, for you, I'll be very surprised if I actually get to deal with any of the practicalities of, this, of these verses that we've read. And you'll understand when I get to the end why I say that now. We'll probably deal with it maybe in the spring of this year or the, or the, no, the autumn of this year or the spring of 2024. We'll look at more of the practicalities. So Paul's got wives, husbands, children, fathers, slaves, masters. <clears throat> and as I say, an awful lot of people get stuck on those first six words. Wives, submit to your husbands. But... Paul has said so much more than this sudden set of what appears to be rules about how we should live. And they're not rules at all. So, Colossians 1, 2, chapter 1, verse 2. This is who he is talking to to start with. To God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. So he starts off not talking to wives, husbands, children, masters, slaves, etc. But he starts off by talking to the church. Now I mention that because I have heard sermons that take this passage and say, this is God's order for family life. This is how the world should run. And if we all ran like this, the world would be a good place. Well, that's both true and rubbish <laughs> because the whole point of being able to live like that is because we are God's holy people we are people who have recognized that we need a God to change our lives that we were born no matter what society, no matter what family, no matter what nation we were born in, we were born separated from God. Because we are born in rebellion to God. That's where we start. And we have recognized that we needed God to get us out of that position and into this position. And some of us sought very philosophically. How, you know, we read all the books, we read all the religions, how we've, and we tried to understand everything, but we couldn't get there. 
Others of us have tried to live very, very good lives and thought, well, as long as we help enough ladies across the road, as long as we give a little bit of money away, as long as we don't, aren't nasty to lots of people, as long as we don't murder people, um, as long as sort of we just are good, we will find our way to God. And we discovered that we couldn't do it like that. Others of us said, hey, we're not in relationship with God, we can do anything. <laughs> And we went gaily off into the world and we did anything. And we discovered it got us nowhere and life was meaningless. And we wanted a God. And we discovered that the only way that we could come back into relationship with God was by going to the cross of Jesus and saying, God, I'm sorry, I've got this wrong. I need you to forgive me. I need you to cleanse me. And I need you to bring me by the Spirit and into new birth, into a relationship with God. That's where Paul starts. And if you haven't experienced that, the rest of the sermon is rubbish. Don't try and keep doing it. Because you won't. Because what enables us to live out what Paul has written there in terms of wives, husbands, children, masters, slaves, is that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do it. That this is not a set of rules in terms of wives submitting to husbands, husbands love their wives, children being obedient. If you tried to do it, you wouldn't be able to can't say I ever particularly tried to be obedient to my parents, but I didn't manage it if I tried. <coughs> so Paul starts defining who he is going to speak to, and it is God's holy people. Are you one of God's holy people? Because that is who Paul is speaking to. If you're not Come and speak to me. Come and speak to Adrian. Come and speak to Peter. Come and speak to friends that brought you. Come and find this God. Then he goes on. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. So then, <coughs> talking to this holy people, brothers and sisters in Christ, he says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord... Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So you're God's holy people. You've received Jesus Christ. Now continue to live in him, rooted and built up, ever growing in our understanding of who we are and what God has for us. Then in chapter 3, verse 1, speaking to these, these same people who've received Christ, who are holy people, he says this, Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Now, I think it was Ruth that preached this one. Since you've been raised your, 
raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated. Set your minds on things above. Now, this is not that we sent, sort of spend our entire time trying to work out what angels look like, what the throne of God is, contemplating those heavenly things, but that we see our lives in the perspective of eternity. We see our lives because we have been born again spiritually. The world looks different to us. And the way that we live is different to the world because our minds and our hearts are set for what's coming in heaven. So we're looking at the world completely differently to the world in which we live. Still with me? Good. Then Colossians 3, verse 12, talking again to these people, he says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together. So this is the sort of people that God wants us to be. God's holy people that he's made holy now living lives that reflect who God is in the world. A God who's full of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. We are chosen people, holy and dearly loved. That is who we are. If you're not, God dearly loves you but he wants you to come through Jesus to know him. And it is in that context that he's going to move on. But in verse 15, Paul says to them, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, in every single Bible that I've ever had, there's then come a heading. And that heading is really unhelpful because you stop reading there. Maybe on the end of the day, maybe in your morning reading, you get to the heading, good place to stop. So the next verses you read are totally unrelated to yesterday's reading. And suddenly it's, wives, be submissive to your husbands. But that's not how Paul wrote it. See, with me and my emails, I know if I get an email, I can read the heading. If it's a really good email, they'll say what basically the rest of it is going to say on the first couple of lines. 
and I can put it in my back pocket and later on in the day I can pull my phone out and read it if I want to or if I remember. Now I'm old enough to remember when you used to get letters in the post that weren't advertising. <laughs> and you opened a letter completely differently. For the first thing, it was a physical act. You had to rip it apart. And then you got the letter, and because you got very few letters, you read it right the way through. You hoped the handwriting was good, and didn't reflect anything like your own handwriting, when you read the letter through. And then generally speaking, even I would have read the letter a second time, because by the time I got to the end, I'd forgotten how it started. I would read it right the way through. But with a text and an email and a WhatsApp and a Viber, some of you do read all, all of them instantly all the way through, but an awful lot of us actually don't. And we read our Bibles the same. So Paul has just said, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit yourselves. And what Paul is saying here is, look, <coughs> whatever we are in life, do it unto God. Now, everyone has a station in life, do it unto God. How would God order the world in which you live? And he starts off with, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Now, because we jump and get the heading get in the way, we disassociate this from what was before. Whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord. So you're, if you're a wife, you do it in the name of the Lord. If you're, a, if you're a wife or a husband, whatever it is, you do it with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That's how you do it. Now, God has ordered the world. Yeah, he's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all one beautiful trinity, all equal, in partnership together. Yet Jesus would say, I do nothing without the Father telling me. I'm in perfect submission to the Father. Yet it was in the context of a relationship of partnership and love. And as Paul is writing here, he's saying, take the station of life that we're in and do it as God would have it done. So there's an element where there is submission of wives to husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. It's fitting for there to be order in the household, husband, wife, children. It's also fitting that it is done in an atmosphere of love, compassion, mercy, and forgiveness. Now, in all honesty, <coughs> in a few weeks' time, Leslie and I will have been married for 45 years. <laughs> got, I got married very young. Um, 
And, and over the years, we've, <laughs> over the years, we've sort of uh, had a discussion. How many times have I had to make the decision and Leslie has had to submit to that decision? We came up with three in 45 years. And I think on two of those, I went with Leslie's idea in the end rather than mine. <laughs> but I took responsibility if it failed. That was my problem, not hers. Because the rest of the time, you're working in partnership together. You're talking things through. We had, in our early days particularly, we had some very loud conversations about certain subjects. Um, and we would sit across the table and bang on the table and shout at one another and one of us would go out and slam the door and then come back and sometimes we would say, hey, we've got to stop this discussion, we'll come back to it tomorrow. And we'd, but in the end, we would come to an agreement. Because God was there, and because in his grace and mercy, he enabled us to hear one another and be forgiving towards one another. So in terms of the whole discussion about submission, it's about order. It's not about, I am therefore superior to Leslie. Because that is so blatantly untrue. <laughs> it's not about, I am more valuable than Leslie. It's simply about God's order in the world. And done in an atmosphere of being God's holy people who've received Jesus Christ, having put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, doing everything in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to him, it changes. It changes. You can't do it unless you know Jesus. You can have discussion. You can have... Um, thrashing out arguments but you cannot do it in the way when the Holy Spirit is there with you and empowering you and one of the things that Paul is saying here in terms of wives, hu wives husbands children, fathers and slaves and masters is we do have different positions in life we do there are employers and employees. There are those who govern and those who are ruled. But that is not what defines us. That is not what defines us. What defines us is that we are God's holy chosen people filled with compassion and mercy. Now, <clears throat> I have 
um, in certain circumstances, a real disadvantage, which many of you will consider an advantage. But because I'm white, I'm English, I'm fairly tall, and because of my accent, when people meet me and then I've got a job of being a pastor, an elder, leading a church, people therefore have a great expectation of what I am like. And what I disappoint them in is they suddenly discover that I don't read very well and I don't like reading books. I actually can't use a lot of big words because I can't pronounce them and I don't know what they mean. And I can't argue that logically because I see the world in sort of pictures and stories. And so I've been in situations where people just assume I've been to university, I'm good at English, and I can argue well and discuss well. And then there, you sort of see them just drifting off. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you've just worked out what I really like. <laughs> and you do literally just see them off. It's absolutely true. At one church leaders meeting I was at, at the time, um, I was unemployed, <laughs> living in a council house in the middle of London. And this was, a, a, this was at a leaders meeting. And this couple came to Leslie and I, and uh, they started talking. They said, oh, you know, what's... I don't know how it got around. What do you... Oh, they started off by, what do you do? I said, well, I'm unemployed. He's like, but this is a church leaders gathering. How can you be unemployed? He's like, well, I haven't got a job. He said, well, what sort of job do you normally do? I said, well, I've worked in a factory, and I've been a school caretaker. Oh. Well, what sort of house do you live? I said, well, we live in a council house. And they literally turned around and walked off. They just didn't know what to do. They didn't know what the next conversation was going to be. It was going to be like, well, what do your children do? <laughs> well, you would have loved to have. Well, one of them deals in coke. The other one's sort of, uh, he's a good thief. Just to wind them up, but you know. <laughs> because the other bits aren't true. <laughs> well, most of the time they went true. No. <laughs> but people... <laughs> uh, we have four children, ten grandchildren, 11th on the way. Um, <clears throat> and our children are absolutely great. They're absolutely great. Caused me no trouble at all. That's another lie. <laughs> but I really believe what God wants to pinpoint today for us is it doesn't matter what, how people see us. It doesn't matter what our, our station in life is. Who we are is God's holy people and that does put restrictions on how we live and as he goes through the wives husbands children fathers slaves and masters 
See, in verse 17, he reads, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. A little bit later on, talking to the slaves and what we would probably call today employees, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the, from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs. And there is no favoritism. Masters, provide for your slaves what is right and fair because you know that you have a master in heaven. Oh, that our society knew there was a master in heaven that is seeing what is going on in our world today. Our world that is so focused on money, so focused on status, and God looks over it, and he will judge it, and he will hold people to account. Our role in life is to live in whatever station we are as God's holy people. To walk with dignity, to walk with compassion and mercy, kindness and humility, gentleness and patience. No matter what, what our job is, no matter what our, how well off we are, no matter what our background is, no matter where we come from, no matter whether we've fallen into Britain, whether we've crawled in, whether we were born in, here we are today as God's holy people. That is what he wants us to get hold of. And that does have restrictions on what we live. And as we look at society today, we must raise our eyes again to heaven and say, God, how do you want us to live? I had a friend, um, he, he had the opportunity to go to Atlanta in the United States um, for five years to do a job there. And <coughs> he, he got a, they moved the family over there, got a house, and uh, he was really pleased because he got a really good job but he was really pleased because he got a really good deal on his American car. After six weeks, he gets called in by his boss. And uh, he's very aware this is an uncalled for meeting. So he wasn't looking forward to it. And uh, he goes and uh, meets with the boss. And the boss says to him, um, we've got an issue. And he goes, oh, what have I done wrong? It's your car. He said, what's wrong with my car? Well, with all due respect, we can't have that car in our car park. Think what the people coming to visit us will think when they see that car. Get a new one. And he had to go and get a new one. Because his car just wasn't good enough. Because it was all about how, it's, how it looked, the status of it. We are people living in a world that is changing so fast, but we are people who are rooted in that wonderful word, Peter, on the Ebenezer stone. And that must work up through us 
to increasingly show that we are a different people living different lives because we are serving a living God who has rescued us from that muck and put us in his kingdom and made us pure and holy. And as wives, husbands, children, um, parents, slaves or masters, we are going to show the world what what God looks like in our homes, in our workplaces, in the way that we treat people around the town because God has made us different and God has made us special, and God has made us holy, and we delight in it, and say thank you for doing it, because we couldn't, but Jesus did it. As I say, either in the autumn or the spring, we'll look at the practicalities of the rest of it, but all I felt God wanted to say to us, don't worry who you are, worry what you be enjoy what you have become as God's holy people. Let's stand and we'll pray. Father, I thank you so much that you rescued me from the old way of life. I wasn't particularly looking for you, but I was looking for an escape route, and you found me. I thank you that you've lifted me up out of that, out of that old rubbish way, and you've made me a son of God. I thank you for what you're doing in Open Door, in redefining who we are, in re, in, re imagining in us, envisioning us of what we can achieve because you are our God. But I ask you that you will increasingly heal the hurts from the past and help us to stand as your holy people in our jobs, in our homes, on our streets, in our life together. Holy Spirit, Come and empower us yet more. Bring us greater revelation, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.